0: It's time for this week's
1: Uplift, encouraging words from two ordinary guys that want you and others to find the freedom in Christ that's available to everyone. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our website at thefulcrumcenter.org to learn more. Hello again, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Uplift. I'm Phil Bliss. I'm Chad McLeish. Chad, I want to read something to you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read from Ezekiel chapter 37, chapter 37, beginning with verse 15. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, take a stick of wood and write on it, belonging to Judah and the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick of wood and write on it, Ephraim's stick, belonging to Joseph and all the house of Israel associated with him. Join them together together into one stick so that they will become one in your hand. When your countrymen ask you, won't you tell us what you mean by this? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in Ephraim's hand, and of the Israelite tribes associated with him and join it to Judah's stick, making them a single stick of wood and they will become one in my hand. Okay. Okay. Now, first, I'm gonna take a moment for those who may not understand this, why was he talking about Ephraim and, and and Judah? Well, there was a civil war. Okay. And in the book of First Kings, I uh, don't remember the exact chapter, basically Solomon's king, he dies, his kids, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, um, actually, I don't think Rehoboam was his son, but anyway, these two guys, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, and they basically both want to be king, mm-hmm. and they can't, get their act together and God says, I'm separating you guys. He put them both in the corner. Okay. <laughs> Time out. Time out. So one of them went to Judah mm-hmm. and the the land of Judah where um, the tribe of Judah was living, mm-hmm. and with them the tribe of Benjamin and of course some Levites. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them in the northern kingdom, because Judah was in the south and Benjamin was in the south mm-hmm. the northern kingdom became known as Israel. The southern kingdom became known as Judah. So the house of Israel and the house of Judah, Mm -hmm. okay? They had a civil war, they were separated, they became two houses, and that's the way they were known throughout the Bible from that point on. And many of the prophecies, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, they talk about the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Mm -hmm. Israel was taken and scattered throughout all the nations by Assyria. Mm -hmm. Judah was taken to Babylon. And allowed to come back okay okay mm-hmm. so that's just kind of the foundation The reason I'm telling you this is I want to tell a little story tonight okay okay and see where it leads us in 2003 I met this guy um, my, the company I was working for we bought another company in Massillon Ohio mm-hmm. and I met this guy and the first thing I noticed about him is he's got these tassels hanging off of his jeans two in the front and two in the back, blue and white braided tassel. Mm -hmm. This is when, before I really knew what the gifts of the Spirit were, somebody asked me, he says, hey, you're a pretty religious guy, what do those tassels mean? I didn't know, but I knew in that moment God told me what they meant. I said, oh, well, that's some kind of Jewish thing from the Bible. And then I went back and I thought, did I really say that? And I looked it up, and sure enough, it I found it in the Bible. It's called a zit I don't know how you pronounce or how you spell that, but you pronounce it zit But basically, God tells them, I think it's in the book of Numbers, to tie a tassel to the ends of your garments so that you will look upon them and never break the law. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why this guy had this. And so I became curious one day, and I asked him, I said, you know, what's with the tassels? And he said, well, those are zit-zits, and he explained it. And He said, I belong to a Hebraic roots church. I'm like, okay, what's that? He wanted me to ask. (laughs) Okay, I'll try to make this a short story. But anyway, this guy believed that he had a church in Mm Massillon that he had started. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole premise was that there's two houses. There's the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And the house of Israel, to him, is Christianity. And the house of Judah is Jews. He shared with me this scripture I just shared, and said God's going to bring the Christians and the Jews together and put them, make them one, which I still believe that is probably what Ezekiel is talking about here for an end times prophecy. But he believed that this was a partial fulfillment of that end times prophecy, that this movement that began in the 60s or 70s, that Christians would come out of Christianity and go into this Hebraic roots church, I guess we could call it. So he gave me this CD, and it was mm-hmm. these two guys talking. One of them's Jewish, one was a Christian, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the two house prophecy or this prophecy. Mm-hmm. And they explain how God is calling all of his people out of the church and into this new thing that he's establishing for the end times. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, this is 2003, 2004 timeframe. So I, at the time, was going through a difficult time. I was new to being a pastor, learning so much. I had read the Bible for the very first time all the way through, just like two years earlier, and was starting on the second time through. Mm -hmm. So learning so much and just desiring to know God more, and I bought into it hook, line, and sinker. OK, so for 40 months, I didn't realize this till it was all over. Wow. I look back and I counted from when I first talked to him until I finally said, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. It was 40 months. Wow. Yeah. In and the wilderness. in the wilderness, exactly what the word the Lord gave to me was. Yep. You just went through your wilderness. Yep. Now, during that time, I was a pastor mm-hmm. in the Methodist Church. But during that time, I stepped down as being a pastor. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I wanted nothing to do with this heretical church known as the Methodist Church. Is what I called it at that time. Oh, I was being brainwashed. Wow. Yeah. So I stepped down, but I, the excuse I gave was family reasons. Okay. Now, family reasons did play into it quite a bit, but I don't want to get into that tonight. But the underlying reason I stepped down was I wanted no part of a Christian denomination. Okay. Okay. So, I had left, and then it was probably, I think it was probably six months after that that I finally cut ties with this guy altogether. And the biggest reason was, the thing that really set me off was, he said, he told me I was going to hell. Really? Yeah. He told me I was going to hell, and he quoted Hebrews uh, chapter, it's either chapter 6 or chapter 4. It's either 4-6 or 6-4. I can't remember. (laughs) I I always get it wrong. But anyway... That Those who come to know the Lord and then um, stop or turn back cannot put Jesus on the cross again and crucify him again, so they're lost. Oh. Now, that's a, it's a very poor interpretation of what the author of Hebrews was trying to say. Maybe some other night we'll talk about that, but I don't want to get into that tonight. But basically saying that even if you repent and turn back you're already lost because you can't put Jesus on the cross again. And the reason he told me that is because I wanted to celebrate Christmas that year. Oh. And Christmas, of course, is a pagan holiday. Mm. And he had me convinced that I should never celebrate Christmas, never celebrate Easter, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day. I said, what about Flag Day? He goes, I wouldn't even celebrate that. (laughs) But what I should celebrate were the seven feasts of Israel. Mm from Leviticus 23. Mm-hmm. So to kind of make this a long story, really short, I really bought into it. I learned a great deal about Jewish history. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about the Bible. I really believe that he was in some way, some way on the right track. As Christians, we really should understand what the Old Testament's trying to say. Absolutely and especially the festivals because after coming out of this i wrote up a little document called the a rainbow of feast and i took the colors of the rainbow and i tied them together with the seven feasts that uh, are in leviticus 23 and i showed how the colors are significant for each of the feast and they go in order Mm -hmm. you know given like the um fire being red and green being new life and um Purple for royalty. And I showed how each one of these feasts in order matches the color of the rainbow. And it's I'm going to have to dig that up sometime and share it with everybody. Because it was a really interesting thing that God led me to. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that it, I appreciate going through that wilderness time because I learned so much. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I really, really learned was it taught me about man-made doctrines mm-hmm. and how crippling they can be to your relationship with god
0: absolutely
1: so you want to talk about that tonight absolutely all right sure let's go for it so this particular hebraic roots, two-house movement um messianic judaism i don't care what you call it. Mm it it has many different names and there's many different flavors you could just as easily call it presbyterian methodist catholic Episcopalian Mm -hmm. because it's basically the same thing Mm -hmm. it's a denomination Mm -hmm. it's a man-made attempt to reach God and the reason I got into it was because I wanted to reach God Mm -hmm. and in that moment in my life I didn't know that I could just go directly to God and have a relationship with him Mm -hmm. I thought I had to go through all these different jump through these hoops to be close to him and I thought, at that time, it was by going to church mm. that that's how you get close to God, you go to church. Because I didn't go to church as a child, and that's just what I was being taught in the church I was I started going to before I became a pastor. And this was just another way to do church. And if you, you know, you dot the I's and cross the T's and push the buttons in the right place, you get you make God happy. And I knew I was going to heaven. But I was trying to add to it. I was trying to work my way into it without realizing it. And I didn't want to make God mad. And when he was teaching me, you know, if you celebrate Christmas, you're making God mad because you're celebrating Tammuz, who was the son of Osiris, who was, I can't remember the whole story, but basically Tammuz was born on December 25th. Okay, that's a pagan thing. Mm-hmm. And the Catholics basically stole that day. And this is, I believe this is true historically, mm-hmm. that they chose that day to try to get more pagans to join their church. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, we'll take it. We'll make it Christ's mass on this day that you celebrate this tamoose guy. And we'll show you that he's the one you should be celebrating, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I wonder who took over who.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> we right. don't want to offend of our, any of our Catholic friends, but...
0: Well, and that's not the point, right. That's not the point, the point of what we're talking about right. tonight. So, you know, uh, we both belong to a Methodist church. Uh, there are, you know, a lot of people belong, to, you know, you're Catholic, you're various Protestant denominations, you know, Lutherans and, you know, Episcopalians and, and um, Presbyterians, whatever. So we're not, we're not trying to offend anybody because, right. you know, we're Methodists, you know. But uh, here's the thing, you know, and I, as we talked about this before tonight about what we were going to talk about tonight, I prayed into it. And one thing God talked to me about was he said, you know, denominations are basically branches of a blighted tree. Mm. Okay. Okay. The branch cannot outgrow the blight of the tree and the branch does not have its own roots in the soil. That is what God told oh, me about wow. this tonight. So, That's beautiful. <laughs> and, and it came from God because I don't yeah. think that way. Yeah, so, yeah. But the, Of course. But, but, you know, when you think about the history of all these denominations, the, the Hebrew roots, they start out meaning well.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay,
0: so the people are reading the Bible and they're, they're interpreting the words in the Bible. And, and you know, they're, they read things, they interpret things. They create a, a movement or a denomination or a way of beliefs, and and it's well intended, but then because we are men and women, we introduce our own soul and emotion into it. Yep, and we go astray, and it becomes stale. It, and and if it can go really far off the path sometimes, and really, be, oh sure, you can you can veer clear off. And the other thing too is because. It's man-made, the enemy can deceive it. Mm -hmm. The enemy cannot deceive God. The enemy can deceive man. So any man-made denomination is absolutely susceptible to enemy infiltration and
1: making it become stale. That is so true. And that's one of the things that God taught me through all of this was I don't need to look for someone who has what I would consider the right answers. Because remember, I said I had just finished reading the Bible all the way through. I knew after I read this, it wasn't this particular one, but it was a copy of this one. The original one is very beat up, (laughs) but it's the journey. Okay. Okay. I read through that all the way through and I started to realize the things that I was being taught in church or the things that I was teaching even, they were a little bit off. Okay. Because... Keep in mind, I read the Bible for the very first time with no background at all. Mm -hmm. I went to church six times as a child, Mm -hmm. and four of them were on Christmas and Easter. Mm -hmm. Okay, the other two I barely remember, but Mm -hmm. six times. So I didn't come in with this foundation of growing up in the church. Mm -hmm. So I read it from a fresh mind. I wanted to learn, and God was teaching me, Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing things that... Well, that kind of doesn't sound like what you might hear in a church. Mm -hmm. So in that time, when I had just finished it, I started reading it again. I was eager to know the truth. Mm -hmm. And it was a perfect time for the enemy to come in Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, go talk to this guy. Mm -hmm. And God said, Yeah, you go talk to that guy. I want to teach you because of this. Right. But you're right. What I saw was just man's attempt to read the Bible and say, hey, we're doing something wrong here, let's make it right. Mm -hmm. And they took a lot of scripture from Revelation. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one where where it says, come out of her, my people, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. In the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And they said, that means that God's calling us out of the church and don't share in the, the the daughter will share in the, the sins of the mother, the mother was the Catholic church, the daughters were the Protestant churches, is what they said. It all made sense. It lined up with what I had just read, mm-hmm. but it was man-made. Right. Mm-hmm. God wants us as individuals to read the Bible and come to him mm-hmm. for a relationship. Absolutely. He doesn't want us going to a church for the relationship. Mm-hmm. He wants us coming to him. Mm-hmm. Now, should we say just don't go to church? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Right. I think churches have a purpose and a reason for being, or God would have had them all shut down by now. Right. But we need to keep the focus where it belongs, mm-hmm. not on the church, not on the building, but on God himself.
0: Absolutely. Relationship with God is the most important part. Absolutely. And, you know, just because it, it, there's a denomination and a church is a part of a denomination doesn't necessarily mean that that church is... Uh, fully involved in all the the upper echelon uh, right, doctrines right, right. Of, a, of, a, of a denomination. right? You know, there are a lot of small churches in small towns, and I'm just using that as an example, that don't adhere to all the rules that take place at the national and international level. You know, dare I throw out the Methodist church yeah. right now. The, the Methodist church is in the midst of some sort of ugly split And you know you've got various churches all over the board that are still United Methodist churches at this point, right? Right. That have all sorts of different beliefs and all sorts of things. But you know there are a lot of churches inside that still inside that organization that have good pastors and a lot of good people, right? And and Those pastors are in tune with God, and the congregations are in tune with God, and all that sorts of thing. But you know, using the Methodist Church as an example. There's a lot of man-made junk that's happened over the years, right? right.
1: You know,
0: and and that's where all the division comes and all those sorts of things. And you know, basically, uh, the only denomination that we should really, truly follow is anything that's totally in line with that book. Yep, absolutely, and and every word of every chapter of that book. And and it starts with Genesis and it ends with Revelation. And, And if it's not in that book or it's a twisted version of that book, then don't believe it. And if you're in that situation, right. you really need to question, you know, if, if you have a pastor or a church um, that's really you know, trying to lead you astray, you really got to stop and think and pray over it. Because you know, if you're in that situation, and that's an if, if you're in that situation, you really have to pray into your situation and determine, like, is it time for me to get out of here? Right. Because the most important thing, again, is your individual relationship with God but that's not saying that you don't need fellowship with other good absolutely, Christians. And you don't at times, especially, need good teaching from pastors and teachers. So there's that balancing act. But, you know, back to your Hebraic roots situation, when you look at it, you know, at a basic level, it's, you know, uh, Jews and Israelites, you know, talking about, you know, believing in, in Jesus, well, on the surface that don't sound too bad.
1: You, right. You know, right. I mean
0: they're they're believing in the Messiah. They're Jews and, and they're incorporating some right. some some of the Jewish traditions and the festivals and all that sorts of thing, but they also believe in the Messiah, which on the surface that sounds great. Until you would put the man made influence into
1: it, and that's when it becomes stale. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it comes from man. Mm -hmm. And we can in no way duplicate what God can do. That's right. Not any way at all can we duplicate what God can do through his Holy Spirit. We are so insignificant compared to his power. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't use us to teach us so we can teach others, so we can pastor others, so we can prophesy to others, so we can help others. Mm -hmm. We work God works through us through the Holy Spirit. But when we try to take over for ourselves and try to teach what God is saying, but it's not God saying it, that's when we have to be careful. Mm -hmm. And I've done that before, and I've corrected myself many times before. And that's why I always tell people, take what I say, take what Chad says, take it to the Bible and weigh it against that. If you find that we're wrong, let us know, because we want to correct ourselves too so you're right definitely listen to your pastor but pray to make sure your pastor's not leading you astray he may he or she may not even realize they're leading you astray oh absolutely we're 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 people right we're men and women right we're we're
0: you know we're not god so we can be led astray by the enemy right
1: you know and and, you know
0: uh you know the other thing too is when you walk into church. Number one, you got to read the book yourself, and, th- right. and that's one thing that I've struggled with over the years. I've read the Bible through, but I still struggle. Like I, I don't. You know, there are a lot of things in it I still don't understand or know or whatever. But you got to read the book and know the book yourself as a Christian, and then you you got to have a relationship and talk with God, be conversational with God, and then when you go into church every Sunday, you got to pray. You know, hey. Give me discernment into what this pastor's teaching. And if you're in a church and, and you just really feel like, whoa, it's drifting off to the side, you really gotta pray into that.
1: Right, right. Because that feeling that it's drifting off to the side is coming from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's yeah. the one leading you to let you know, hey, uh, I might want to pull you out of here. You mm-hmm. know. Right. And quick word about the the relationship. Now, when I first met you, Mm -hmm. the day I first met you back in 2015, I did not know that you liked old cars. Mm -hmm. I did not know you worked at Cowproof. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know a whole lot about you. Right. I didn't know where you lived. But as I got to know you, I started to learn these things. And now I can say these things about you. Mm -hmm. I know you like older cars and you work here and you live here. I know that because we established a friendship. Right which is a relationship. Right. So you might say, well, I don't know what this says right. in the Bible. Okay. I didn't either. You right. know how I learned? I said, God, I want to know mm-hmm. God teach me. Right. So I read it. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, he, God's not going to open up your head and just pour all that knowledge in. Right. He wants you to read it. Cause in reading that, that is part of establishing that relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Prayer is part of it. Fellowship is part of it. Mm-hmm. Going to church is part of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's all part of the relationship. And as you continue to work at this, just like you have to work out a friendship. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to work out a marriage. As you work on these things, they get stronger. Mm-hmm. As you work on your relationship with God, it gets stronger. Mm-hmm. And then you can avoid religion mm-hmm. and man-made doctrines. That's right. Yeah. the You know, we have to conform
0: to God. We can't conform God to our beliefs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, say that again. (laughs) We have to conform to God. We cannot conform God to our beliefs. Absolutely. So, if you know, if you're in a situation where you know, you feel like that, you know, they're trying to shift God's word to match, you know, the current situation in the world, social situations, that's a problem. Right. And, 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 and you can't. Get your relationship from God from the church. You you right, have right, to right. have your own relationship and your own understanding, and you have to have your own conversation with, with God and, and develop your, your you know, uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit and all those sort of things. You go to church for a fellowship, you know, and to develop friendships and, and relationships, and you can get good teaching from good pastors, you know, in a church environment. So there's, it's good, but again, like we say, you can't conform a church. To you can't, you can't make God conform to your church. Right. Your church has to be conformed to God's word. There's a, that's a very clear indication that yeah. you're, you're either in a good church or bad church. And, yeah, and and a church can change over the course of time. You know, as pastors come and go, right, and and as times change and things like that, and again. We're all men and women. We can be uh, influenced by evil. I mean, you know, the enemy can can work against us. So, you know, the new social thing out there in the world, the new hot topic, whatever it is, you know, the enemy can bring that into a church and start to, you know, move a church in that direction. That's right. that's the enemy's goal. Right. His goal is to to break down churches and that sort of thing. But absolutely. You know, I mean the bottom line is, I mean, let's face it, we're in we're in the end times. Mm -hmm. Now, what point are we in there? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know that. But we are in the end times. Things are changing. The Lord is changing all the time and things are are escalating and, you know, time is moving faster as far as, you know, what's taking place in the tempo of things. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important for people. We all are in this situation. We want to stay close to God because the enemy is going to try to, you know, Destroy relationships and twist God's word and and all those sorts of things in denominations.
1: Right, right. And, you know, if you are in a church that is Hebraic movement or two-house teaching or any of those other words that we used earlier, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I am not here to say that it's not right. Right. Okay, I learned so much from that 40 Mm -hmm. months in that so much valuable information i learned a lot from the methodist church i learn from youtube sometimes right okay? okay but the thing is i don't learn only from that we learn from god too and that's that's what's really important mm-hmm. so don't think i'm trying to to cut down this you know i'm not doing that i am not calling it wrong they teach a lot of great things but what i do caution is there are some really strong well-known teachers in this movement and i'm not going to mention them by name but one of them went so far as to say that the book of hebrews was incorrect Mm -hmm. because he could not reconcile where in the book of hebrews chapter 10 where he says god set aside the law so that christ could come in Mm -hmm. now set aside doesn't mean did away with it right he said it, like, took the Bible and, and just put it over here. So you got a clearer path to Jesus, okay? It's still important. Right. The law is absolutely important.
0: Well, Jesus even said that.
1: Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. So, but he couldn't reconcile it so much that he wrote an article and he kind of is not as well known now because he wrote this article. I think he may have bounced back, but he took a lot of criticism because he was trying to say the Word of God is not right. Mm-hmm. Because he couldn't reconcile it in his own mind. So what I'm saying is, I don't know the man's situation. I don't know what was going on in his life. God was working with him. But what I'm saying is, like, kind of reiterating what Chad said, if something doesn't feel right about what you're being taught, take it to God. Mm -hmm. Because God's the one telling you, this isn't quite right. He's the one leading you. Yes, you are hearing from God. Mm -hmm. There are so many people that say, well, I don't hear from God. Yes, you do. We all do. Mm -hmm. It's just that we need to learn how to do it. If you were to call me on the phone and said hello, I'd know immediately, hey, Chad, Mm -hmm. you know, six years ago, if you'd call me on the phone, I would say, I don't want to renew my car insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I know your voice now. That's right. Because I'm not Jake from State Farm. (laughs) (laughs) You're not Jake from State Farm, right? That's right. (laughs) But over time, I got to know you. So get to know God's voice because he is talking to you. Right. And you can get to know it right. when you build that relationship with him. Right. And that's the most important part.
0: You know, again, the, we're, not, we're not saying denominations are bad and individual churches are bad or anything like that. Right. It's just you got to pray into situations. And right. You have to right. Use, and that's where the spiritual gifts come in, the, the discernment, the right. wisdom and the knowledge. Right. Knowing the word and all those sorts of things, again, that's where it's important, because you have to discern and a right. good church, a great church, could go stale because of man-made situations absolutely man-made you know uh, rules and regulations and all sorts of things like that. So as things change as time passes and as different people come and go in church organizations, you have to continue to pray in as, as changes come about, you have to continue to pray into it. And you know, uh, maybe God doesn't even want you to leave your church. Right? Maybe right. you're going to be the light, right, and the voice, right, that shifts it back, right. And, you know, so you know, it, it's not like you know, go, you know, burn your membership card for your whatever denomination you're in. But you got to pray into it, and you mm-hmm. got to ask God, like, what do you want me to do? Because if you're in a bad church, you got a decision to make that you need God to help you make, and then you know. It, we've talked about this before with the, with the Methodist Church and that right, sort of thing. Right. We've had a lot of conversations about and We absolutely forth. have, yes. And, and I've formed my own man-made opinion that God has later said, no, I didn't say that, you know, really? in that situation. Yeah, yeah, Because, you know, we have strong opinions. We all have strong opinions about things, obviously, you know, we're people. So we develop strong opinions one way or the other about, you know, topics. And God, that's when you lean into God and be like, God, what do you think about this? And God's like, I disagree with you. You need to think about it this way. Mm-hmm. And it blows your mind because it's like, wow, I never thought about it that way. You know, maybe you don't need to walk out of every door. Maybe you need to stay there and, you know, be be God's voice. Right, in the physical, right, right, right. You know. And,
1: you know, I'm glad you said that because every single doctrine that any church makes or any man makes they back it up with the scripture every time and it's i'm not saying they're always wrong because it could be a misinterpretation Mm -hmm. when when i got into the hebraic roots movement they backed everything up with scripture and i read it for myself and i said yeah that makes sense that's how i got into it but now when i look at it i say oh i see why they said that but i also know that after strengthening my relationship with god I understand why they think that, and I understand where they are kind of not, like you said, not exactly what God mm-hmm. is directing us to. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with the Catholic Church. I can show you all their doctrines from Scripture, the Methodist Church, Presbyterian, I don't care what you call it. Mm-hmm. We can find their doctrine backed up by Scripture, but when what does God say about it? Mm-hmm. Because here, men and women have created these rules where God says, yeah, sure, I know, but that's not what I meant every word of every book every word of every book you can't take it out of context 6640 66 books by 40 authors every word every word of
0: every book you can't take this piece and discount that piece or cast that piece aside i don't care what book it's in you can't do that you have to you can't just take this little piece and say well this is what god meant well you have to compare it to the whole rest of that you know that combination of books and say, well, you have to take it as a whole. Right. And you have to in, in any church or denomination that doesn't look at that entire group of books and take it as an entire uh, word of God, that's a real problem.
1: That is yeah, that's one you definitely don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. So yep. well, we're way past time. <laughs> <laughs> it goes fast, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you have any questions about what we talked about tonight, reach out to us, let us know. And we'd be glad to help you out. Um, we're going to give out Ian's phone number. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick word about Ian. He's he's doing much better. Mm. Um, don't know for sure if he'll be back next week or not. But he is doing much better and he's healing. So continue to pray for him. Um, Chad, thank you again. This has been wonderful. It's been a great couple of weeks. Yeah, working we've with had you. A lot of and, fun. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of lots come out of this and. Uh, Really appreciate this. Maybe we have to start something together. (laughs) So, okay. Well, you know how to reach us and uh, we're going to cut it off for tonight. And thank you for joining in. Um, Thank you for being a part of this and we will see you again next week. Good night. (music)